<laughs> Good morning! Hey, you gotta dance a little bit every now and then, don't you? And I am the world's worst dancer. I put the W-H-I-T-E in white. <laughs> I have no soul, and therefore I dance like Pee Wee Herman. So, anyway, hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and fabulous Tuesday morning. Hope everybody's doing well and had a great night's sleep, and you're ready to eat to hit this day or running. All right, let's see what we got watching this morning. We got Miss Amy Oaks Turner, Kelly Tina Swift, Tracy Little, Brandy Boyd Young, Michelle Fox Harris, the myth, the legend that is Miss Mousy, Donna Taylor's watching, and Mike Hensley. So the whole gang is here. All the cool kids are joining in, so we can get this day going in the right direction. So. Terry Hutchinson, good morning, sir. So glad you could join me this morning. So I do hope everybody's doing well and that you all have a great day today. Well, at this time, let's go ahead and do our morning Pledge of Allegiance. Attention, salute, pledge, my friends. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty to all who believe. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Alrighty, praise the Lord. We get to say those wonderful verses each and I mean wonderful verse. I always say it every morning. Pledges. A wonderful pledge each every morning. And uh, you know, it's uh you know even though this uh, we have a fascist socialist regime in our uh, nation's capital right now who would uh, love nothing more than to do away with the pledges because they see it as a threat to their neo-fascist ideals and uh, totalitarian thinking and uh, just makes me sick to my stomach how they want to tear down the American flag and say it's racist and do away with Christianity but hey that's, that's the only way they can serve their agenda you know I was watching last night on Tucker Carlson uh, these pro-life individuals that the FBI raided and he showed a clip he said look at the uh, the, the, the threatening uh, remarks uh, the that this, uh, uh, this girl gave as to why the FBI raided, and here's what the girl said. She said, uh, uh, "In order, he said, the, when Lord opened my eyes into understanding that what a life meant, then I realized I needed to preserve her. Something to that effect. That's not verbatim, word for word, paraphrasing." That was it. That's why the FBI raided. So we know now that the FBI is politically motivated. And guess what? They're going to try to come on after people like me, my dad, other Christians, pastors, who don't go along with their ilk and rhetoric of this administration and see us as a threat. So it's like the little meme I put on social media showed an apple and said, this is a banana. If you say otherwise, then you're a, a right-wing extremist. That's pretty much where we're at right now. So... Praise God for these pledges, as long as we get to say them. But guess what? Yeah, I don't give a rat's backside whether they like it or not. I won't say these pledges. I won't stand for God. I won't stand for freedom. When I stood in the MEP Center in Knoxville before I flew to Texas in the Air Force, I raised my right hand, swore an oath 
to protect this country both domestic and foreign so you know what i will do everything i can in my power as long as there's breath in my body to preserve what is right and holy and the freedoms that we hold dear in this country so uh, this administration can well i'm trying to be a nice pastor and christian but they can pucker up <laughs> if that helps in any way so but anyway uh hope, hopefully um i uh, was nice when how i said that <laughs> trying hard <laughs> all right my friends our passive scripture now i do encourage you uh we're going to read genesis 13 verse 11 but uh, to, in order to maybe bring the, the full understanding and context of the teaching this morning, I do encourage you to read verses 5 through 18 in particular. Uh, if not that whole chapter, uh, would be even more beneficial. But, uh, but particularly 5 through 18, if you get a chance to go back and read that, that would be great. But for time's sake, we're just going to focus on verse 11. It says, And Lot chose all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east and they separate themselves the one from the other all right praise the lord for that good word all right uh, let me read this little illustration before we dive into what we're going to talk about this morning there's a point along the continental divide high in the rocky mountains of colorado in which the waters of a small stream separate it would not seem to matter much whether a drop of water goes to the left or to the right but the outcome of those drops of water is totally different. One drop goes to the west and eventually flows into the Colorado River and empties into the Gulf of California and the Pacific Ocean. Another drop goes east until it flows into the Mississippi River and dumps into the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean. The two drops of water, two entirely different destinations, but one small turning point that determines the outcome. You know, that is indicative of the choices we make in life. The choices we make could affect our children, our grandchildren, our lives, our destination, and where we go and what we do. You know, it's, it's, I think that's one aspect of being a Christian that has tormented us, and it's, it's because of the choices that we have made in the past. Even though that's been forgiven, and the Lord has let that go, and isn't lorded over our heads, uh, we, the devil wants to bring that back, uh, the, what we have done in the flesh because we didn't wait on the Lord. And that can have a severe effect on you throughout life. And that's one thing I try to tell my daughter uh, time and again, that uh, my son as well, that you have to be very careful of the choices you make. It doesn't take much for the devil to get you in the wrong direction. You know, I, uh, I, try, so I try to encourage her to stay in church. You know, because we look at this situation here, Abraham and Lot, they had acquired a lot of wealth. And if I, you know, like many family members, I think they spent a lot of time together. And there might have been a lot of infighting, you know. Uh, we have family members that we love. But if we spend a lot of time together, we'll kill each other, all right? That's just fact of life. That's just part of it, you know? And sometimes you get the maddest at the ones you love. As much as I love my wife, sometimes it's best for me to get on my motorcycle and go for a little ride, and, and she's glad I do. Or she's, you know, she, she goes outside and weeds to uh, deal with her frustrations of her idiot husband. You know, it's, you know sometimes we got to get away from each other. But if you notice law, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's one thing says, look, if you go east, I'll go west. If you go west, I'll go east. You know, it's just a good time for us to, uh, to depart. 
Well, Lot cast his eyes towards Sodom, of course, all this before it was destroyed, and decided to go in that direction. But one thing that's very interesting, if you notice with Lot, first he cast his tents where he could kind of see Sodom. The next thing you know, he was getting a, he moved a little closer to Sodom. And then before you know it, he is living in the midst of Sodom. This is one thing I was trying to tell my daughter the other day. I was, I was trying to encourage her to stay in church, go to church. And uh, I know she wants, she's young. She wants to go with her friends and do things. And, and I understand that. I get that. But I said, Here, here's the thing, Madison. I said, uh, it is a slippery slope. All right? You start missing church. And next thing you know, the things of the world become more appealing. They don't seem so wrong. It's so easy to justify. It's so easy to listen to your friends. But when you're in church, it helps you to stay on your guard. It helps you to stay aware. It helps you to understand that, hey, this is wrong. I don't need to going down this path. But the more you miss church, the more you get away from God, the more you become like Lot. You become closer and closer to the things you know are wrong, and before you know it, you're in the midst of it all. And the reason why I know that, because I did it, lived it, and wrote the book on it, as many of you probably have yourselves. I got to where I missed a lot of church, got to where I was partying, I was uh, womanizing, and I, you know, just done whatever I wanted to do, just selfish, and, uh, and and I screwed up in many, many ways. I made a lot of bad, stupid, wrong choices that if I could go back in time, I would be like, uh, um, what's his name from Liar Liar, where he goes in the bathroom, and uh, uh, he said, what are you doing? He says, I'm kicking my own backside. Do you mind? <laughs> he's, trying to, you know, he's trying to get out of court, so he's trying to beat himself up. Well, that's it. I'd go back in time and beat the living daylights out of myself. They'd say, what are you doing? I'd say, I'm kicking my own backside. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, because of the choices uh, that I had made in life, and that's why we have to be so on our guard and that's why I encourage so much for you to stay in the Word, to be active, to live it, to be proactive. You know, it's one thing to give that lip service, but to actually live it, to be excited for the things of God, to want to be involved in church, to want to go to church. Because if you're not careful, you're going to slide down a very bad path and you're going to make a lot of bad choices. Without God, that, that is, see, you know, right now we see the world going insane. Right now we see the world, it, uh, it's just like it's, it's like the hinges have come off the door. What is going on right now? Because they have tried to remove God from every aspect and strata of society, and they wonder why these kids have become confused or even encouraged to become uh, transgender or homosexuals. Uh, crime rates are all-time high. Murders are all-time high. And they wonder why, because when you take God out of the equation, then anything goes. See, God is the is the understanding of normality, and everything else in the world is insanity. And the further you get away from God, the more insane your thinking and logic becomes. You know, it's sad that even this morning that uh, they're showing a cartoon that's going around on YouTube as trying to claim that gender dysphoria is real. I may agree that to a certain extent in the fact that it is a mental and spiritual illness, but to encourage and groom children to go down that path is absolutely revolting. Now, you may be watching this, maybe you have a child, grandchild, or a family member who is homosexual. You know what? You can pray for that individual. You can still love that individual, but you cannot condone those actions. You cannot encourage and support those actions. You have to tell them this is wrong. This is against God's word. If you want to get help, we'll do everything we can to get you counseling, to get you help, to get you out of this situation. But to see Christian parents to say just throw up their hands and just embrace 
that lifestyle is a bad choice and a bad direction. And it'd be like me embracing my child and saying, oh, it's okay that you steal, murder, drink. Hey, it's all right if you lie and cuss. No big deal. I mean, you know, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you overlook the sin. You realize that they are in trouble and they're in need of help. And that's when, as a parent, you have to step in and say, listen, this is wrong. I love you. Nothing will ever stop that. But what you're doing is wrong, and we need to get you help if all possible. But going on, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent. I had no intention to, but it kind of seemed to, uh, to lead in that direction. But, uh, you know, our choices can have uh, huge consequences in our lives. And, um, you know, it, sometimes I think that uh, uh, we think that the... Uh, Money will solve our problems, you know, or, you know, I think a lot of people, again, will think that, you know, if I was rich, all my problems would be gone. No, your problems just still be there. Sometimes it may be magnified, you know. You can also, oftentimes watch uh, uh, how, what was it, that show, I don't know if it still comes on or not, where the lottery destroyed my life or something like that. And it is weird how many people won the lottery and had the devastating effects uh, on these people's lives. After they won the lottery, people even committed suicide or murders, and it's just man, it's weird uh, how that happened. Now, again, I, you know, I, I tread lightly in that area because I don't want people to think, well, it's a sin to be rich. I, man, it's not a sin to be rich. All right, if you're wealthy, man, more power to you. I don't, I don't. That has nothing to do with your uh, walk with the Lord whatsoever. You know, so that's why when I say stuff like that, I try to be very careful because I think it's. Silly, uh, because there's some Christians out there who really think that uh, you know you have to be poor to be humble. <laughs> you know, I said, well, a lot of viewpoints, a lot of passion. We got to keep him poor to keep him humble. You know, but um, but anyway, uh, we go on as we're looking at here. But we have to make sure that we are choosing. We make choices in life that we are doing it in accordance with God's principles and in alignment with God's word. You know. Making decisions, particularly when it comes to the affairs of the heart. You know, I've I, I told y'all before that I spent a lot of time battling loneliness. I hated it. I hated coming home to an empty house. What if my little dog to bring me every day? I don't know what I would do. It stinks when you're sitting there watching television. There's nobody to talk to. You go out and, and uh, to a restaurant, you're eating by yourself. You see all these couples. Everywhere you go, you see all these people in love. Like, you know, what's wrong with me? What's going on? And uh, if you're a single person watching, you're thinking, well, gee, thanks for bringing me down today. But uh, my point is, I didn't wait on the Lord. So I jumped from one relationship, one relationship, one relationship to another. And I screwed up time and time again because I wasn't praying and waiting on the Lord and making those bad choices. See, that's why you have to pray. You have to wait. And it's not fun to wait. You want instant results. You want companionship. You want somebody right now and then. And that's our problem with impatience. And that's why we have to wait on the Lord. When the time is right and your focus is on Him totally, your dependence upon Him totally, when the time is right, that's when God will put the right person at the right time, the right place, going to knock your socks off, be better than you ever imagined. But you got to wait on the Lord first and not get ahead of Him. That's why you can't sit there and say, well, they're not a Christian, but they're a sweet person. Well, no, you can't. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It don't work that way, you know? So that's why you have to wait. You know, don't get ahead. You will make those bad choices. And, you know, just with anything, you know, maybe you're going through a depression. Maybe you're going through a bad time. You might be, you know, you have a choice of, well, if I drink and make myself numb, it may be a temporary solution, but it might make you feel good at the moment, but it's not going to solve anything. In fact, alcohol is a depressant, so it's actually going to make things worse 
If you go down that path, so that's a wrong area to choose to go down. Or you can choose to get more active in the church, to make better friendships, to focus on God, the problem solver, instead of your problems. See how the choices we make can have a direct effect. You know, likewise with our temper and our anger. You know, we can choose to give in to that, or we can choose to avoid it. And that is an area that I am very weak in, particularly when I'm driving. That's about... That, that's the one of the most I, I am tried than any other time is when I'm in behind the wheel of a car. I don't know if y'all ever saw that uh, cartoon with Goofy. And uh, he's, he's like nice. He's waving at his neighbors. He's talking and laughing. And then when he gets in the car, it's all of a sudden like the Incredible Hulk. All of a sudden the change takes over. And he becomes like really mean. And, and he just speaks out of the driveway. Oh, that's kind of me. <laughs> I try hard. But it just never fails when you're trying to get somewhere. And it's some... Turkey, there's nobody behind you, nobody for miles. Insist on pulling right out in front of you and doing 30 miles an hour. And I'm like, why? Why? I don't understand. There was nobody behind me. You could have waited two seconds and let me go by, and you could have just poked along. But no, no, then they want to flip you off. And that makes you even more angry. You're at a, at a light, and it barely goes from green to yellow, and they're slamming all the brakes. I'm thinking, Mike, just go on, you know. But that's what I am. I'm trying to be humble before the Lord and say, all right, let's try not to act this way. Let's try not to get upset. But the Lord has a reason or plan to slow me down and, and, and try to look at the positive side of that. I'm trying. I'm trying hard. But these people are testing my patience. Anyway, uh, so I digress. Hopefully you understand my, uh, uh, my frustrations. Okay, so, but... Um, I'm going on, all right. There is, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, you know, particularly when it, uh, thinking about how, uh, what they meant to say in regards to money matters. And I think sometimes, you know, we have to make sure that we are um, valuing uh, godliness over greed. And, you know, I think that's something that, you know, it's nothing wrong to imagine, uh, you know, hey, if everything was better, if, if I... You know, all this was paid off, and I could have this. And I go, it's, it's okay to imagine that, you know. It's no big deal. But if that's all you obsess on, then that's where the problem is, you know. If that's all you're thinking about and and, and trying to uh, chase after. But, you know, I think a lot of times people, too, try to look for approval from the world, you know. And that's why we make the bad choices as well. You know, that's one thing I was watching uh, on uh, on the news, uh, I don't know if it's Tucker Carlson or what, but they said that uh, it is a surprising statistic uh, that uh, people who are white have, walk around with a sense of guilt and uh, a pseudo guilt that uh, this nation, uh, the progressive liberal, the the radical left, has placed on white people. Because they feel like uh, uh, deep down everybody's a racist at some point, which is it's baloney. And because one thing is because of Candace, um, I can't remember her name, and, and Kanye West, they wore those shirts that said uh, white lives matter. Well, all lives matter. It don't matter if it's white or black. But they was trying to prove a point, and uh, those in the radical left were having a, a hissy fit and a meltdown. And there was a guy going around, he was talking to people, and uh, he says, you know, uh, you know, would you, you think that there's white privilege? Yes, there's white privilege. And, and uh, he said, well, how, how was you, how, explain to me how white privilege affected you. Uh, uh, no, nah, see, it's just, it's just baloney that the left has pushed, trying to shove down our throats, which is just a bald-faced lie. 
and uh, this whole systemic racism just lies you know it's just a, a point to, to divide uh, our nation and then he went to the african-american community he asked us said how does white privilege affect you and like i never even think about it you know like, you know we go on about our day they don't give it a second thought but all these white people are all up in arms and everybody's a racist and they're just baloney man it's crazy and so so many people a lot of Christians seek approval from the world, so they'll compromise their principles, their morals, their ethics, their their convictions as Christians because they want that approval. They don't want to seem judgmental, but whereas you know we need to take a true stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, boiling down to choices: either you're on fire for the things of God, or you are not. There is no no gray area. It's black or white. Now, I've had people accuse me of that. You think everything's black and white? It is. It's either you're on fire for God or you're not. There, there's no in-between. All right, guys, we have to make the right choices. And the choices can have an effect on you spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, and maybe even physically. But we have to make those right choices. So, my friends, I urge you today, fall on your knees. If you're trying to make a choice in this world today, ask yourself, is it biblical? Do I have a piece about it? You know, ask yourself these things. If, is this something that uh, stays on my mind? Uh, you know, and really seek the Lord out daily. And uh, if, if seek the Lord's lady. We may get an answer that quick. We may have to wait a while. And we may not get a real clear answer on this side of heaven. It may not be we get to heaven that God says, well, this is the reason why, you know. But um, the God's going to answer one way or the other. It may not be the way we want it, but he's going to answer that prayer. But you have to accept the fact that it may not be the direction you want. See, we act like babies and say, well, I didn't get my way. and do we do what you want to anyway. And there you go, the consequences of your actions. Make the right choice. Follow after Jesus Christ. You know, one of the verses I put on Facebook today was John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The world who believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. They didn't come to condemn the world. See, you have a choice today. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, choose Jesus today. Not on your good works, not on your benevolence, not on you attending church, but to understand and repent of your sins. Understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, that he rose from the grave for you, that he come to save you. Make the right choice today. And if you are a Christian, new or a seasoned Christian, Make the right choice and pursue him with all your heart, soul, mind, body, and being. Don't worry about the approval of the world. Don't worry about what others think. You pursue Jesus. And if you could do that, my gosh, what mighty things we could do. Let us pray. Hey, Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for your grace, your mercy. Help us, Lord Jesus, to make the right choices in our life. Help us to do live a life that is... Um, pleasing and glorifying unto you. Let us show humility in all areas of our life. Lord, let us be Christ-like in all, in all things. Lord, so watch and listen this morning that doesn't know you. Let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, please be with all my brothers and sisters of Christ who are watching and listening this morning. Watch over, lead, guide, and protect them. Be with all of our kids who are going to school, work, or play. Get them safe and well. Help us, Lord Jesus, to not uh, be desensitized to the things of the gospel. Help us, Lord Jesus, to avoid the pitfalls and snares that this world offers. Let us be focused on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless.